Okay, episode 93. Time to start the show. Hey, what's up? Wait, who are you? Don't you recognize me? I'm the inner version of you that does the intros each week. Oh yeah, that's right. I I forgot a spectral projection of myself records all of our episode intros. This is now established canon for our show. That's right. I'm appearing before you as a manifestation of all of your self-doubts and anxieties. Well, I mean, that doesn't really make any sense. You've literally never said anything in the past related to my thoughts or feelings Look, or don't anything worry like about it. Just, just be cool. Anyway, I, I came here to tell you, don't you think it's about time you started this? Started what? The podcast. Uh, yeah, I was literally doing that when you showed up. Oh, really? Ah, crap. What's your deal, dude? Look, I could really use a friend right now. Do you want to grab lunch or something? Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 93. Brennan, it still doesn't, it doesn't feel right to like do these numbers. I mean, this is only week two of this new high number experiment, but it feels bad coming out of my mouth. Yeah, it's it's weird skipping over 40 some odd episodes, 39 episodes, I guess it would be. Uh, but I kind of like the idea. That, like, I get the point, and it is it is clever. For yeah, sure. uh, and it kind of gives me like the idea that they could eventually go back and fill them in if they really wanted to. <laughs> that was yeah, that was their in for like future seasons. Like, oh, it's a it's a prequel to the final. Yeah, season. yeah, we we have thirty nine episodes to play with. They, the, I wouldn't the, complain about that. Yeah, the only problem is that they actually limited themselves by giving it a specific number. That's true. Yeah. So a very finite amount mm-hmm. of episodes they can do. And then and you got to lead it up into the point where we're at. Yeah, season you got to you got to pass 50 years in 39 episodes. Um, Yeah, maybe maybe they'll do it. I mean, if Avatar The Last Airbender can do all these upcoming movies that mm-hmm. they're going to do to sort of fill in some of those gaps, um, then Samurai Jack and maybe they should do some Samurai Jack movies. That'd be cool. I don't know. I'd be for it. That'd be fun. I'd be for it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> welcome to the episode, everyone. Nick Montagani, I'm here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, what's, I don't know, what's, what's going on with you these days? How, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, nothing, nothing really new to report. Uh, I've been playing a lot of that neon white game. Is it good? It's very good. Yeah. It's like a speed run kind of game. I like to, uh, not move on from levels until I beat all of my friends times. Yeah. That would be a problem with me too. I think if I picked that game up, I would I would see the leaderboards and be like, oh, shit, I got to rub this in Brendan's face. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the global leaderboards because some people finish levels in two seconds and they're obviously cheating. Um, Right. So I don't even really look at those, but I really like competing against my friends list. It's the people that you know, so you can then send them a text and say, hey, motherfucker. Yeah, send them a screenshot of it. (laughs) Very fun. Um, That game looks good. That game is made by uh, the guy who made Donut County. Oh, really? I actually didn't yeah. know that. It seems I'm like, pretty sure. It seems like it's got some pretty big voice actors, though. Uh, I didn't confirm, but I think the main character is voiced by the guy who voices Spike Spiegel in uh, Cowboy Bebop, the cartoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's all we're going to say about that show. 
Yeah, we've said it. We promised it would never come up, but somehow it's done it again. It always worms its way (laughs) back in. Uh, I'm not positive Um, that it's him, but it sounds a lot like him. Interesting. Um, Yeah, neon white looks pretty good. I've just played the uh, Cuphead DLC, the delicious last course. Oh, yeah. It's called. Did you finish it? I did. I beat it today. How many new bosses are there? Oh, like five or six or maybe seven, somewhere in that That's range. a good amount, especially considering how long it, I imagine it takes them to actually make those things, like the animation oh, yeah. for them. They're very, very intricate. Anyone listening to this show who also has even just like an adjacent interest in video games and hasn't played Cuphead, it would seem weird to me that someone would not know what Cuphead is at this point, especially since it had its own like cartoon on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely worth checking out, if only for, like, the cool old-school animation style that's in every single frame of that game. It's all hand-drawn animation, apart from some background elements in some fights. Um, It looks really nice. Yeah, there's some really cool backgrounds in this one, too. There's, like, a bonus level with, like, a big castle in the clouds, but it's, like, a practical prop that, like, spins around. Oh, that's fun. And you can see it like spinning and opening up like a new castle door. It's really cool. Oh, that is cool. That's similar to like the um, pyramid one, which is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a similar vibe to that. It reminds me, I've actually seen in recent years videos of old like Popeye cartoons where Mm -hmm. they have like footage of actual like natural backgrounds in the world and like Popeye walking across these things. There's like a term for the kind of animation style that I don't know, but it's actually really impressive stuff. Yeah, I don't know it either, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like Roger (laughs) Rabbit. Just like Roger Rabbit, a movie I haven't seen. Can you believe it? Oh, my God, I can't believe that. That's one of my favorite movies. That's really shocking, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Many people have the same sentiment, and I've never seen it. I've seen that movie like a million times. Even as a huge Disney fan myself, like I've not seen Roger Rabbit. Was it you I was talking about this recently with? Because it, it was surprising to me it that was that me. was a Disney movie. I didn't realize that it was actually Disney. Uh, I know that like Mickey shows up and Dumbo shows up, but the joke that they make in the movie is that Dumbo is on loan from Disney. Oh. And that a lot of the characters are not Disney characters. Like you've got like um, Daffy Duck shows up. And I'm okay. fairly certain uh, that Bugs rabbit. Bunny. Bugs Bunny. That's the one. <laughs> that rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't realize it was actually a Disney joint. That's kind of all I know about Who Framed Roger Rabbit is that it's got like this big media crossover between like WB characters and yeah. Disney characters that would never happen today, I no, feel like. No. There's a really fun bit where Donald Duck and Daffy Duck are doing a dueling pianos thing. And like Ooh, they're both on stage together doing it and they're like blowing each other up and hitting each other with hammers and shit. That is a really good bit. Yeah, I like that. Maybe someday I'll check it out. No, it is at Disney. I think there's literally a ride in Disneyland, like a Roger Rabbit ride. Really? I didn't know that. Um, And then the original theming in uh, downtown Disney, which is now Disney Springs Mm -hmm. in Orlando, Florida, uh, when it was originally Pleasure Island, they had like a humongous Jessica Rabbit on top of like the main building in that area. (laughs) Um, So... It used to be a much hornier area than it is now. Now it's basically like a big shopping mall. Yeah. And they got rid of the arcade. So fuck it. They did do that, which was a shame. But it's a lovely place that I go multiple times a year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brendan, speaking of multiple times a year, um, (laughs) 
ooh, how am I going to pull this off? Go on. Uh, how about <laughs> multiple times a, a month we talk about Samurai Jack, so maybe we should talk about Samurai Jack. <laughs> let's do How's it. How's that? It's awful, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> Brendan, it's time to talk about episode 93 mm-hmm. of Samurai Jack. Once again, these don't have uh, official titles. It's just the number. Perfect. So 93 it is. Mm-hmm. The way it always has been. Not true, but <laughs> uh, we'll move past that. Brendan, 93, a great number, especially for years to be born in. I don't know. It's a, too, too late, I think. No, I think it's just right in the sweet spot. Uh, it's a little it's a little bit after. Hmm. Couple, a couple years maybe earlier would have been ideal. Got to recap at gmail.com. What's the best year to be born in? Just have all of our listeners send us their birth dates. <laughs> While you're at it, uh, the last four of your social and your mother's maiden name, if you could send those our way. What's the well. best mother's really maiden name? <laughs> What's the best first make and model of your first car? <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter once, people were doing this thing like, do your birthday with uh, the Pokemon that are that number. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Now do it with your social. (laughs) Do it with your favorite high school teacher. (laughs) Your first pet's name as a Pokemon. (laughs) Uh, Please don't send us all those things. We don't want to be liable for any kind of stuff that's going to go down. So uh, keep it to yourselves. Uh, Episode 93, Brendan, March 18th, 2017. There's a ringing bell, and immediately we're seeing the familiar fiery interior of Aku's house. Mm-hmm. So it's been 50 years for Jack. It's also been 50 years for Aku. Let's let's see what he's been up to. Yeah. Uh, Aku is <laughs> sleeping in bed, which is kind of a funny imagery of Aku in like a bed. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a twin-sized bed. He sleeps yeah, in. Yeah, just this little bed full of Aku. <laughs> Um, he wakes up and immediately this goofy like polka music starts playing. So, you know, it's going to be like a comedic scene. Yeah. Uh, Aku is weird in this episode and probably the rest of the season. There's like a lot of like changes they made to him. Not well, just like the voice. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. He's immediately played as like a oddball, which we'll talk about here yeah. in a minute. Um, but yeah, he wakes up. He opens a drawer in the nightstand next to his bed and he pulls out two little flames, which sure enough are his eyebrows, which he plops (laughs) onto his face. It's a weird development that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. The eyebrows are removable and he keeps them (laughs) in like a little drawer next to his bed. Otherwise, he'd burn his pillow. Well, they always say you shouldn't smoke in bed. So (laughs) he's just, yeah, being a good boy. Um, He gets up, does some stretches, gets ready for whatever Aku's day entails. Um, And a voice from above summons him. He has a very dour expression on his face as he rises up to meet the visitor in his house, which is this group of drippy mud people. Yeah, the gross. (laughs) Really disgusting dudes that Aku... He cannot even pay attention to like their groveling because all he can focus on is the mess that they're making in his house. Just dripping all over the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
He's doing lots of moaning and groaning, like looking at all the stains all over his floor and yells at them to get out of his house. And Brendan, I guess now is the time to talk about Greg Baldwin. Yeah, um, I think he does an all right job. It's not as good of an impression as I kind of wanted it to be. Uh, he hits he nails like some of the inflections and like a lot of like the 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 throatiness in the voice. Mm-hmm. But some of the pronunciation sounds like he like shifts into a different accent here and there. Yeah. Like specifically when he says he just had it vacuumed, that line sounded off to me. Um, yeah. But he does kind of go in <laughs> some different places. But yeah. I, I know exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. It's not it's not bad. It's just, you know, it's obvious that it's different. I was thinking about it a little bit and like when he does. So uh, like we mentioned last week, he was also Iroh when they uh, replaced Iroh on Mm -hmm. Avatar The Last Airbender after Mako passed away. And the character of Iroh is kind of like a much I feel like it's a much easier impression to do than Aku, because with Iroh, you can almost like you can you can settle like into a low kind of place because all he does is deliver wisdom and and all these like little phrases passing on his knowledge to the other character you can kind of like really settle into a low thing like that but with aku you got to be like all over the place and sometimes he's down here when he's serious but then he gets really mad and comes all the way up here yeah so like and that's fair there's a lot more to it there's yeah a lot of range in uh aku's performance than yeah right I, cause I I don't know much about Iroh, but I do know that, yeah, he's kind of very chill all the time. That's his whole gig. Yeah. He's, he's chill and just, like, delivers sage advice. He's almost like a more badass version of Tito from Rocket Power. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everyone's always described him that way. <laughs> Wait a minute, is Avatar just Rocket Power? It's a continuation of the Rocket <laughs> Power universe. Yeah. Um, it's actually like a far future thing, like the the world, the, the universe of rocket power fell into oblivion. And then like society picked up the pieces later on, but also learned how to control the elements. They don't really explain how that happened. No, they had to learn how to control the elements to do sweet kickflips. To do cool surfing so they could make the waves like how they wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they, so make, they, make, they make skateboarding bowls and ramps using their earth bending powers. There's an episode of Rocket Power with Tony Hawk in it where he says to Otto, want to skate this bowl? Uh, watching it again in recent years, I th- wasn't paying attention and thought he asked Otto if he wanted to smoke this bowl. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were implying. I remember that one, though. That episode was cool. Otto like goes to the mall with Tony Hawk. <laughs> As we all should be so lucky at one <laughs> point in life. But if you meet Tony Hawk, you got to play along with the bit where you'd think that it's him, but you're not sure. That's the Tony Hawk joke. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Um, Yeah, Greg Baldwin doing, I think, probably as good a job as any single person is going to yeah, do. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, it wasn't bad. Um, It's just noticeable. It's just, yeah, it's noticeable. Uh, It might not have been as noticeable if I hadn't heard Aku speak in 13 years. Right, yeah, if we hadn't been listening to him every single week. Yeah, um, but, you know, pretty good job. Uh, it's it's good enough for me. I'll get over it. There's a story of Greg Baldwin coming in to record at the studio, and at the studio, he was introduced to Mako's daughter, um, 
who was there to like watch him work. And then literally after he did his work in the booth, she was like crying because she heard her father's oh. voice again coming out of this man's mouth. And it like brought her to tears. That's so. that's a very sad story. <laughs> It's an extremely sad story, but um, also, like, if it was good enough for Mako's daughter, like, it's good enough for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Aku's here. Uh, those muddy people leave Aku's house and in enter some of Aku's evil scientists. <laughs> yeah, these guys are creepy. They're kind of gross. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, kind of like sick dudes with big like rat tooth smiles on their faces (laughs) i don't know um he looks annoyed to even see them too um they reveal to aku what they call the most epic version of the beetle drone yet Mm -hmm. and from behind them aku's giant tv appears and shows just one big fat beetle drone that's the size of a building i like it i like the big beetle drone a lot It's so stupid. Like, this is their latest idea. Like, let's just make one really big one. Yeah, yeah. It'll probably work. <laughs> it looks like an engorged tick, too. I think, it's, yeah. like, gross. I think that's what it was going for. <laughs> Aku is not impressed by this. And I care because... But because the samurai, you've wanted to kill him since forever. He's the bane of your existence. Oh... That was the old Aku. This is the new Aku. And he really doesn't care about a pathetic samurai who wanders around like a mad fool. <laughs> it's hilarious, really. Yeah, he's like, yeah, send out your drone if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not, I couldn't be bothered. And it's like laughing and sinks back down into his house. And kind of the longer that this act goes on, the more evident it becomes that he's faking it and he mm. actually does still care a great deal. He cares deeply about it, yeah. <laughs> you can't really hide that from us, no matter what he's trying to say to these scientists. Um, but yeah, he sinks back down and he's revealed to be lying on a, like a chaise lounge. Yeah. Um, with a big sad frown on his face and he's actually having a therapy session with another version of himself wearing a cardigan and loafers and taking <laughs> yeah. notes get big round glasses on yeah. so regular aku is talking to a therapist aku yeah yeah and it's very funny uh it's a good bit because the the therapist aku knows things that the other one doesn't right like he says something is uh a conundrum, and Aku's like, what is that? And the therapist one defines it for him. <laughs> um, I have that written in my notes, Brendan, uh, and I'll bring it up in just a second, right, but that yeah, is yeah. a very, that is a good, that is a good joke. I'm sorry, you, you, you beat me to the punch on the conundrum uh, I know, joke. I skipped, I skipped the whole therapy session, went straight to the conundrum joke. <laughs> <laughs> what a conundrum this podcast has become. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. Um. <laughs> Yes, uh, regular Aku. I have written down in my notes regular Aku and therapist Aku just to help us keep it straight. Okay. Um, but regular Aku admits to therapist Aku that he's been bothered that it's been 50 years since the samurai showed up. He starts to say the samurai, but the therapist like won't let him say that. He's like, no, we don't say his name here. This is a safe space. Yeah. Um, but yes, Aku says that he eradicated all of the time portals, which is something that Jack alluded to last week. Yep. So even 
the, the both of them now consider that like all of the time portals on Earth have been destroyed in some fashion. Yeah. So there's no there's no longer a way for Jack to get back. It back seems to like the past. Yeah, there's literally no way to complete that very specific mission, which is the whole purpose of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not like that's true, we'll find out later in mm-hmm. the season. Um, they might just both assume that they've gotten rid of all of them, but you know, kind of the way that the original show worked is like, oh, Jack's path was. F- his path home was foiled again, and this particular portal has been destroyed. But then next week, like some new society is like, we have this magic portal that will send you home. Yeah, they're pretty abundant, actually. Uh, and yes. there was that one in uh, the Yaku infection that they said they could just rebuild. I, that one was fucked. That one was bullshit to me. <laughs> That's how I feel about that one. Um, but yeah, just an interesting thing to keep in mind that like this may be leading to Jack's despair that like they both assume that all these portals are gone. Yeah. Yep. And Brendan, this is, this is where I'll, I'll bring it up. He, <laughs> the therapist does say that this is a conundrum, which a uh, regular Aku doesn't know what that was, but he did know the word eradicated. So like, he does know some big words yeah. <laughs> at this point too. regular Aku has like turned into a puddle in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. in the therapy bed. He's just like his, his mass has filled it and his face is like floating on top of it. He's just, yeah, like a little Aku stain on yeah. the Shea's lounge. <laughs> yeah, he he figures, he says that he figured it's been so long that eventually Jack would just die off. But they acknowledge that like a side effect of the time travel spell that sent him into the future was, you know, what we learned last week that mm-hmm. it's been 50 years and Jack literally does not age. But like, even if he was waiting for Jack to just like die of old age, it's... He would canonically only be like 75 years old or something. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That's old, but not like, it's not like an unreasonable. He could still have to wait a while if that was the case. Yeah, but I mean, I think it would be less um, stressful on Aku if he at least knew that it was going to happen. Like if Jack was aging. Right. That's true. Then he could be like, oh, well, I only have to wait so much longer. But he knows he's not aging. So he knows at this point, like it's not going to happen no matter how right. long I wait. He, he would have to find a different way be it himself or that big fat beetle drone that we saw at the beginning of the <laughs> yeah. episode. Um, yeah, he he acknowledges that Jack hasn't aged. He says that Jack's new beard is stupid, which Scaramouche also did not like Jack's beard. Yeah. So nobody's a fan of the beard, I guess. No, nobody likes the beard. <laughs> I like the beard. I think we I think we like the beard. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. The okay. beard and the long hair. Stamp of approval from the podcast hosts, but the actual characters in the show don't like it. Nope. Um, he, uh, Aku says he wishes that someone would solve this problem for him. And both versions of Aku stare dead ass into the camera. And in unison, <laughs> they say, yes, one can hope. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> I like, like it, looking though. us directly in the eye to say that line. <laughs> yeah, there is a bit uh, a little earlier in this scene, too, where Aku says, like, I just want him to. And then both of them in unison scream die. Yeah. Like facing each other. But their faces are like massive when they do it. Mm-hmm. And their tongues are sticking out. And it's like, well, it's this weird animation choice that I was kind of talking about earlier, where he's extremely cartoony, kind of the way they made him in uh, the comic book. Was it the sands of or the strings of time comic book? Yeah. 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 
I had the same thought. It it almost kind of looked like that same character. Yeah, I was like, design. they make him look like, it, or those those rats, the the hot rod rats that you've probably seen. Hot like, rod rats. Yeah, where it's like it's those drawings of those like really ugly gremlins in like hot rods with like the big burnout wheels on the back of them. I'm sure hot you've rod seen rats. Them. I have I, no idea. All that's coming to mind for me is like the uh, the commercial with the gerbils dancing in front of the cube shaped car. Oh no, not that one. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what car that was, but that was I hated the, those commercials. That was the Kia Soul. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 you're right. That's I, what you were referring to, right? Uh, no, but fun fact, I drive a <laughs> Kia Soul. <laughs> oh, god damn. Do you ever dress as a gerbil and do like breakdancing? No, but but uh, for Christmas the year I bought it, my mother got me a hamster sticker to put on the back of it. Oh, did you put it on the back of it? I didn't. Ah, oh, mother. <laughs> I'm sorry, mother. <laughs> Uh, that's really funny. When you said hot rod rat a minute ago, I kind of heard the word hot dog rat and thought it was like the new version of oh, pizza no, rat. No, uh, it might be rat, uh, rat rod. It might even be the name of it. I'll send you some pictures. You'll recognize it. Someone out there listening knows what we're talking about. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of people that do. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but in my mind, the best mode of transportation for a rat is underneath a chef's hat in Paris, France. Ah, uh, yep, yep. That's that's the best way to get around. Plus, yeah. then you have then you have a job. Yeah, <laughs> it's very hard for a rat to get a job. Yeah, you got to fi- find your way into the right circumstances. So <laughs> they don't have like ratmonster.com. Nope. If only actually ratmonster.com might be a thing, but it'd be a very different, a very yeah, different don't website. Go, don't look that up. <laughs> don't look that up. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Don't look that up. Uh, back to the episode, I say. <laughs> um. It cuts to a forest, and there's an old white wolf walking down a trail through the forest all alone. Mm-hmm. You could call it a lone wolf. Uh, you could call it a lone wolf. There's some sim- – it takes a lot of brain power to kind of figure out the lines <laughs> they're trying to draw some here. parallel we'll, symbolism going we'll, on here. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> It comes to a fork in the road, and there's a dramatic close-up of the wolf's eyes as it chooses a path down this road. And it fades to Jack on his motorcycle on a road in a different forest, and he also reaches a fork in the road. And there's the same dramatic sting as he chooses his own path down the road. Um, And then, yes, uh, Brendan and I want to feel very smart. We can both feel very smart in this, but I I, uh, I have written down, they're doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack, Jack is the old lone wolf surpassed by other things in this crazy world, but still with some fight left in him. <laughs> yep, yep. It's um, super, although, deep, super deep symbolism going on here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we get it. Um, but also... I spent a lot of time in this episode and and like the events that happen later on in this episode thinking of Jack as like an old man, mm-hmm. but he's explicitly not. He's not. No, he's the same age that he's been the entire show forever, which we think is like twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where we settled. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's I I think he's just wizened because he's been in this future for yeah. over 
50 years, but like physically he's literally not old. So like some of the stuff he sees going on, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised he's able to like still get that done. I'm like, oh wait, no, he's still in phenomenal shape that he's been in his entire life. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got 70 years of experience uh, at life now, but his body is as if he was still young. Yeah. So he can do all that stuff. He's kind of got like a, a body like you and me. Yeah. Like we're still kind of in our, our younger years and in our peak physical shape. <laughs> um, so, but eventually time will wear us down. But for now, we should really enjoy these these sweet, rock-hard bods that we're both working with. Yeah, yep. Agreed. But our minds will get better, like Jax did. Or Jax has actually gotten a lot worse. A lot worse. <laughs> yeah, he's in a really bad spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> the wolf stops in its tracks and senses the approaching enemy, which is a group of like crazy teal colored alien tigers. Yeah, they're very cool design. Giant fucking like alligator mouths. Yeah, these things are extremely intimidating. Um, But that wolf bears its fangs and it will not like back down to this much larger bloodthirsty enemies that that is surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um. It cuts to Jack, and Jack senses something near him and skids to a stop. And there's a silence in the woods, but then there's a rumbling from the distance. And he just kind of, like, hangs his head and sighs. He's like, oh, God. Here <laughs> yeah. we go again. Yep. Uh, this this animation of Jack, when he gets off the motorcycle, uh, walking reminded me of there's a Donald Duck game for the Super Nintendo called Cold Shadow or uh, Maui Mallard in Cold Shadow. Uh, where you can be a ninja, uh, but you get in these like giant rock kind of mech suits and walk around in them. And the way that like his body doesn't move, but his legs are kind of like shifting underneath it <laughs> reminded me of that uh, like one to one. It's like, holy shit, fucking here we are. <laughs> I think they drew some inspiration. Probably. Yeah, they all played Maui Mallard in Cold Shadow. Who didn't? <laughs> I I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have my copy sitting right on the other side of the room. Hold on. Who did you say stars in this game? Uh, Donald Duck. What a wild thing. Yeah. What you just described for Donald Duck to be doing is crazy. Yeah, it starts off in a mansion uh, and he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and you've got a gun. And then in the second set of levels, you become a ninja. And like the more yin yang crests you collect, the better your uh, your belt becomes and you get stronger and different moves and stuff. They are just not afraid to go wild places with Donald Duck and video games, huh? No, they love it. The world's strongest wizard, Donald Duck. Yeah, for everyone listening at home, Nick just made a Kingdom Hearts reference unprompted. That's true. I I shouldn't have opened that door. (laughs) Um, But sometimes it's like the key in your heart that unlocks the door uh into kingdom hearts i don't know i played the first game i still don't even know it doesn't matter. <laughs> the first game didn't even know bonus episode we'll get there <laughs> eventually when That'll i write be your time to when i write the fucking script we'll get there <laughs> this is all scripted by the way we're, we're, we're not making any jokes you can tell that like we spent a long time writing the jokes by like my excellent transition into the recap yep, this week yep. that was all a script that we're reading and so is this explanation that i'm giving right now yeah nothing is real no this is all planned and it's we're corporately sponsored too <laughs> so expect some uh Personalized ads being driven your way through your podcast feeds later on. You're welcome. Here's one now. 
<laughs> leaving a space to insert an <laughs> ad that doesn't exist. <laughs> Jack gets off his bike and uh, draws his electrified spear and waits. And from the trees bursts that gigantic beetle drone. It looks fucking stupid and Jack knows it. <laughs> it's kind of an epic shot, though, because like you have the calm of the forest and then it just bursts into the scene and like in slow motion, the trees are being thrown out of its way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's made to be like the big boss of the episode. But it's <laughs> like totally not. Um, Jack hurls that spear into the drone's face and uh, we watch it like pierce into its armor and pass all the way through its robotic guts. Uh, and there's a huge explosion and the drone is dead. It's just done. Yeah, <laughs> it's done. It's done in one. Aku was right to like not be impressed by this latest <laughs> invention. Um, Jack looks up from the wreckage and sees a tall temple in the horizon um, and hops back on his bike. But as he's riding along, he spies a tripwire in the road and leaps off his bike just in, in time as it explodes on this tripwire. So R.I.P. the bike. Yeah, there goes the bike. Two episodes in, you don't have to worry about the 3D mixed with 2D animation anymore, Brendan. It's gone. Oh, well, it's not gone, but the bike is gone. The, the bike the, is gone. Well, that's The 3D, that's 2D true. thing still very much happens. Um, it rears its head in a way later in this episode. <laughs> I kind of I kind of like this scene because it's, I feel like, entirely there to reset Jack to the way we knew him. Yeah, that's true. It's like he's he's got all these guns, he's got all this armor. How do we get rid of it really quickly? Yeah, instantly. <laughs> oh, wait. Now it's yeah, now it's Jack in his purest form. Yeah, they're just they're trying to bring him back to the the Jack that we knew. Yeah. That is a clever way to do it, too. Um yeah, his eyes dart back and forth in the forest um as he's flying through the air after he leaps off his bike. And he lands on the ground and readies the dagger that he took from Scaramouche in last <laughs> week's episode. Um, but he's immediately struck by an unseen foe. We see like a streak across the screen that, mm. that hits Jack. Um, and the dagger is knocked loose. And then something again, like a streak goes across the screen and scoops up that dagger and it's gone. Yeah, I, when, I, when that happened, I was like, oh, what a fucking letdown that is. He gets it, doesn't get to use it yet. Yeah. Never has yeah the opportunity. They might as well like throw it in a river or something like gone. Yeah, immediately loses it. It's like, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, nuts. <laughs> um, Jack gets knocked around a few times as like yeah. There's some black figures darting across the sky around him, and uh, they shred up his metal armor. Just like you said, like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're, you're totally right. They're basically like resetting Jack. We had like the reveal last week of like, whoa, Jack's like crazy different and he's got all this wild shit and this is like <laughs> uh, undo, undo, undo yeah. on all of that. Every time one of them hits him, a different piece of his armor breaks. Like it starts with the shoulder pads getting knocked away mm -hmm. and then he gets knocked in the air and his shoes fall off when he's yeah. in the air, which is important because he has them later. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what? Good point. They, that does actually happen. <laughs> Jack's shoes, uh, I forgot to mention last week, he's wearing like steel-toed Crocs, kind of. Yep. yep. <laughs> Which is a fun design. I might pick myself up a pair of those. Oh, that's a good way to lose some toes if you drop anything on them. Well, they're steel-toed. Yeah. Steel-toed uh, actually results in more severed toes. Oh, I didn't. 
know this, but mm-hmm. I can actually that I can see how that makes sense. Yep. So why does anyone ever wear them? Well, because they're good for like minor things. But if something big were to happen, you might like break your foot without them. But if the steel toe crushes around your toes, you're you're losing them. Are they good for like minor things like yeah. working in a mine? Like if yeah, probably <laughs> like a miner would do. I see what you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if you dropped like so a I'm hammer, sorry. <laughs> you dropped like a hammer on it, or like you 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 rolled like a, a dolly over your foot, then they would protect you. But not if you dropped like a car on it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. What a situation you'd find yourself in where you drop a car on a foot. Oh, I guess if you're like changing, it can happen. Yeah, if you got the car jacked up and you you knock the jack stand or something. Hmm. Uh, we both work on computers, so <laughs> I worked in a but garage. You're much more. You're much more of a handyman than I am. So I totally take your word for all of this <laughs> stuff. I'm like very useless. I'm like afraid to kill bees that enter my home. So <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. Um. Yes, he uh, gets his armor all shredded up. Uh, he draws his laser pistol and fires a few shots, but like narrowly dodges a sword swipe, which trims his beard off yeah. which so now aku and scaramouche don't have to worry about that anymore he, he's got the beard still but it's not nearly as long as it was now it's like a square cut cropped beard mm-hmm. they chop it chop it right in half yep so it's probably the first beard trim he's had in 50 years <laughs> um but they also destroy his pistol um and now we can kind of start to see the figures of what we know as the daughters of aku mm-hmm. um and Jack is like feebly punching at them, but they knock him away. Like again, tearing off most of his armor. Uh, he gets thrown towards the wreckage of his bike and pulls out his big ass machine gun. Um, does like a classic spray and pray as he screams and just rains bullets everywhere across yeah. the forest. <laughs> it's a pretty epic shot too. We get we get like kind of a low angle view on him as he like holds this giant fucking gun, screaming and just turning in a circle. Yeah, not firing at anything specifically, but just like hoping that this will do yeah. anything. Um, yeah, he lets out a big scream, which then transitions back to that wolf who's letting out a big roar. And uh, it bites into those nasty alien tigers, which spout this green blood. Mm-hmm. Um, they bite back into the wolf, which leaves like large bloody cuts in its white fur. Yep. Which you hate, you hate to see. You do. It throws the wolf into a tree, and it the wolf whimpers. Oh, Very it's sad. Sad little cry. I'm like, no, get up, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it 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 does get back up into the fight, and uh, like a tiger's tail whips through the air, which then transitions into a chain whip coming towards Samurai Jack. There's lots of cuts. They're really trying to make yeah. sure you get it. In case you didn't realize what was happening, the the tail and the chain are in the exact same spot on the screen, mm-hmm. moving in the same direction. They're really hammering home the metaphor here. Uh, we're smart enough to pick up on that. <laughs> um, yeah, that chain steals away Jack's gun and a club comes in and like destroys his gun. So he's very much running out of options here. Um, but he has like a little cluster bomb that he picks up and just hurls it behind himself as he runs away, just like trying desperately to like get anything done. Yeah. That seemed like an inefficient use of those bombs though. Cause it's like, it's clearly like a bunch of grenades on a belt. Right. And he just starts one and throws the whole belt like to, to trigger a series of explosions, but they're all in the same spot. So, like, if you dodge one of them, you've dodged all of them. I feel like it would have been better to just start chucking them behind you in every direction. 
it's like a desperation play for him at this point. Yeah. It's not like kind of like the tactical decision that we might have seen him make in a previous fight. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely just trying to get away at this point. Right. And this is like the only weapon he has left, too. But yeah, he does burn it in one go. You're right about that. <laughs> Maybe not the smartest thing. Um, but the dust settles on those explosion as as the rain starts falling. And Jack has hidden himself under a dome-shaped scrap of the beetle drone that exploded. Yep. Um, and he's panting and, like, desperately looking to the small cracks in this hideout, just hoping he isn't found by this assailant he hasn't even seen yet. Mm-hmm. And, Brendan, this scene is very intense. It is. Uh, and Jack's got a big fucking chin. He does have a big old chin. His chin didn't used to be that big, did it? They've widened it out a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, he's very much in like crimson chin territory now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not that far, but pretty close. <laughs> his chin um, is like half of his face. <laughs> um, Yeah, this scene is very intense, which almost like I wouldn't normally do this in the course of our podcast, especially not in previous seasons, but I guess like content warning for the next couple minutes talking about like self-harm and suicide so yeah. if you don't want to hear that skip forward a few minutes um but yeah he's he's sitting under this dome and then from behind him a blue spectral version of himself appears in his hideout and yeah it does look like the old familiar clean version of samurai jack yep. in his gi no beard no messy long hair uh, bathed in very dramatic shadow, like underlit. Yeah, yeah, trying to make him look much scarier and sinister than mm-hmm. usual. Um, and in his own voice, but like angrier than usual, the vision says to Jack, he says, it's time to end it, don't you think? Um, trying to convince Jack himself to kill himself. Yeah, or just let himself be killed by these... Right. People. This version of Jack is interesting to me. It's almost kind of like Mad Jack, if Mad Jack wasn't made of Jack's anger, but was instead made of like his self-doubts. Yeah, and his like frustrations. Right. Um, Regular Jack. So just like I did earlier, I have regular Jack and inner Jack written down. Okay, fair enough. Help make sense of things. Oh, hey, actually, you know what? Now that you point that out, that's kind of an interesting parallel that they did in this episode that I didn't pick up on initially. Yeah. Where both Aku and Jack have these like inner monologues with themselves. They're literally like talking to themselves, expressing their own doubts and frustrations about the situation. It's 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 like interesting to compare those two scenes where like this one is very dire and serious and dark. But the Aku one is made to be like very light and silly. Yeah, it's played for kicks. And then when we get to this one, it's, it's like a real heavy moment. Yeah, it is. It's interesting how like they're (laughs) they're both having like all these frustrations, but the way, yeah, they're portrayed is like wildly different. Mm. Cool to yeah have both of those in the same episode. That was clearly like a thing they were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. It seems very intentional. Um, Regular Jack says that he's going to be fine, but inner Jack tells him he reminds him, hey, you're useless without your sword, Um, which we know is pretty much true. Yeah, yep. Regular Jack says that Aku doesn't know about that yet, and he hasn't even seen him in years, he says. Yeah, like Aku just stopped showing up to right. bother him. Um, 
maybe after like they got rid of all the time portals they knew about. Yeah. Aku's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm done. Yeah. I think we're good. I don't and really just need to eventually. engage with him anymore. Yeah. Right. After that point, uh, it's only a risk. It's, he doesn't have anything to gain from it. He just has to wait him out or so he thought or so he thought. But yeah, as it, as it turns out, um, he would have to have some kind of intervention if he wants Jack to be gone from this world specifically. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jack, he, he says that Aku's machines have never been able to take him down before. Uh, but inner Jack says to him that, you know, he's never you've never faced this strong of a foe before and they they will get you. Um, but regular Jack assures himself that he'll be fine, and he repeats a mantra to himself several times. He says, they're just nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we know is not the case. They're just Banjo-Kazooie nuts and <laughs> oh, bolts. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Why would you invoke that name here? <laughs> Sorry, we'll cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. <laughs> anymore there's no way home there's nothing to fight for there's no more honor come to think of it the only honorable thing to do is quiet no i won't spend eternity in this forsaken time what do you want from me i want it to end aren't you tired wouldn't it be great to be free of all of this our ancestors are waiting for us they want you to join them. So very dark shit here. Jack's own inner voice is like desperately pleading with himself to kill himself. Yeah. It's very, very dark. It's like the darkest place anyone can be. But like for Jack to be in this point is like such a low fall for him. Yeah. Like, compared to like the honorable guy that he thought he was before. And now he's like, no, actually this is the only honorable thing to do. And this is himself saying this to yeah, himself. Yep. It is his inner monologue is a, uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's especially striking considering that this is a, that children's cartoon character <laughs> from so long ago doing yep. all of this. Uh, and like we've said, it's moved to adult swim. So it is, it is meant more for uh, older audiences, but still to have this character who was wacky and zany a lot of the time. And, uh, always like these light themes to get something so heavy so early on in the season uh, is pretty crazy. And yeah, you're right. It is wild to see like this character from the children's TV show. Like it really hurts me to like see him in this way. Yeah. Like it hurts me like the inner child in me and like just the fan of this show in general to like see Jack having this exact conversation and also then like me wondering how frequently this comes up. Oh like, yeah, in like in the when we don't see or like when we weren't watching in the exactly. previous thirty nine episodes that didn't happen. Yeah, you wonder if this is the first time he's ever talked to himself, had this yeah. inner monologue. He didn't seem surprised by it at all. So, he, like, yeah, he could have. This could have been going on for some time now. Yeah, it's it's really hard to watch. Um, but as this is going on, uh, he looks out of a crack in his hideout. And he sees again that dark samurai on the horse in the green fog reappear, which like, again, I don't remember exactly what that is, but maybe that is related to like this specific theme of like Jack, tr like returning to his ancestors by like committing suicide or something like that. Yeah. Maybe it's just some kind of inner thing like that, like chasing him down. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. 
That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, and in this scene, especially, it seems like it could even be like himself, like another version of himself that's yeah. kind of haunting him. Like maybe it's the warrior that he thinks he should have been. Right. Like following him. We'll have to. Yeah. Obviously, we'll wait and see. I'm sure they'll pay it off. They have to at this point. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I would hope so. Um, but that, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it right now. Yeah, he he's looking out at that figure of the horse, but beyond it, again, he sees that temple in the distance, and uh, Inner Jack says to him, you know, you will never make it, and Jack speaks with the most conviction he's ever had and says, I'll make it, and he looks up, and Inner Jack is gone. He's now alone in this hideout. It's like the one little bit of, like, self-confidence he had, like, eliminated this version of self-doubt that was with him in the hideout. Yeah, for the for the time being. Right, for now. But yeah, Jack, it's time to enact his plan. And he bursts from his hideout and runs as fast as he can. But the scene immediately slows down. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing his shoes again. Yep, you're right. He is wearing his shoes. This is um, where I admired that they were steel-toed Crocs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we get slow motion shots of them splashing through the mud. It's a very cool scene. I really like the, like, the slow motion rain coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but I was, I was a little pissed off about the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little consistency here. God maybe damn after it. you got, no- maybe after they got knocked off, he put them back on in a scene we didn't see. Yeah. But in the middle of the fight, like, I, yeah, it seems uh, important. <laughs> I can't run away without these shoes. Um, I noticed it actually, I watched this episode a few times, which I don't normally do, but I noticed it because later on we see a footprint of his boots and I was like, wait a minute, he shouldn't have his boots on. Uh, but they're on in this scene. Inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll take them to task for that, as we usually do. Um, We'll start an email campaign about, (laughs) hey, hashtag Shoegate. Edit the episode. Fix it. Yeah, go back and replace the files on every streaming service that exists. (laughs) And I want a a hotfix to my Blu-ray copy. (laughs) Refund me and then send me the right one. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he, he runs as it slows down and he closes his eyes and focuses his hearing on the rain and like his surroundings. Um, his foot splashes down in a puddle. And then from behind him, he hears the footsteps of his pursuers splashing down in puddles as well. Um, which is how he finally like gets a bead on them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns his head as thunderclaps and he can see the daughters of Aku chasing him. And we can clearly see like all seven of them now. Yep. Um, when they're familiar black suits and scary white masks, um, they're chasing Jack down as it cuts to commercial. Uh, cuts back. There's some shots of that vacant temple that he's approaching. It's like a bunch of old towers and like these old ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack runs in and up a staircase into the darkness of like the main tower. Yep. Um, and the daughter's, dramatically enter the scene, like leaping and flipping their way into the temple behind him. (laughs) They're like a bunch of circus performers. Completely unnecessary flips (laughs) off of the walls here. Uh, But they follow him up the stairs into that tower, their black forms completely hidden in the shadows, uh, aside from their white masks. Um, They enter into a big chamber with multiple doors, and they decide to split up, each covering a different tunnel. One of them walks past this dark tunnel and sees a firefly inside of it, which is kind of a cool scene as she creeps into the tunnel 
and the Firefly's like intermittent light reveals her as she readies her sword. Yeah, it is kind of neat. I like that. I like the way they play with light in this season so far. Like in the previous episode, they had the flaming arrows had really right. cool dramatic lighting. And then they do this with the Firefly. And then later on in this episode, they do another thing. Very similar. Mm-hmm. They uh, another one of these daughters sees a footprint, just like you said, near a giant mass of twisted vines. Mm-hmm. She climbs up the vines, but doesn't see Jack at the top. Um, another one of them descends a staircase into like this big flooded room. Um, she swims to the other side of the room, but Jack isn't there either. <laughs> and every time, every time one of them goes into a room, they think that he's supposed to be in and he's not there. It does this like dramatic zoom in on their face. Yeah, slow pan <laughs> to their face and like zooms in with like a little. <laughs> it's really funny because the masks do look angry, but they always look like that. So it's right. not like they're making a face. We're just zooming in on these masks. If you see under the mask, they're all going, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. It, it, like the first time it happened, I thought like one of them saw something specifically. I'm like, oh, what did she see? And then like they all do the same exact yeah. thing. I'm like, oh, they're just doing it. They're just doing something. They're just angry that he's not where they thought he would be. Right. One, uh, one by one, all of the daughters in whatever room they're in. Uh, back into the shadows and then just completely vanish, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's part of like their training, I guess is like, yeah, like complete and total hiding in the dark. Yeah. Which is cool and leads to like a lot of the tension that we get in this next scene. Um, there's silence for a moment and then Jack pops his head down from a little crack in the ceiling that he had wedged himself into. I'm not really sure how he got up there. No. Cause he went ass first in there. <laughs> You look at his positioning. <laughs> Somehow he turned around up there, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Um, he slowly he slowly lowers himself down and tiptoes his way through the temple. Uh, walks past that dark tunnel where the firefly was mm-hmm. and still is. Real quick, he's not wearing shoes. <laughs> oh, Brendan, the shoes. <laughs> you just you gotta let it go. The now, shoes are gonna be there sometimes. They're not gonna he's be there barefoot, other times. But there was a boot print. That the, the girl saw at the vines. I can I can give them this one. Like if he was wearing the boots when he came in, he took them off so that he'd be quieter walking around. But it's just this back and forth that's really weird to me. I will say the more yeah, the, the more examples you're coming up with here are are it's now starting to bother me in a way that it didn't during <laughs> the episode. But you're if, absolutely right. If it makes you feel better, they never reappear from this point. He's barefoot for the rest of the episode. Oh, I feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he takes them on and off as needed. <laughs> yeah. and we're just not seeing it. That's what <laughs> I'm going to say. And if you tried to ask anyone about it, they would probably say that and then also say, also, shut up. Also, who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. This was five years ago and I don't care. <laughs> um. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that firefly lights up and he walks inside. Something about the firefly light is like very appealing to everybody in this yeah, scene. Yeah, I thought like, that was I weird. Gotta check this out. They both do the same kind of thing where they walk past the door and the firefly blinks and they stop and turn around. I wouldn't even notice that. Or I would go, okay, and then just keep walking. Yeah, I probably wouldn't start following it. I don't know that I would think the firefly would lead me anywhere that I want to go. <laughs> Into like the darkest, spookiest cave <laughs> that exists in this temple? No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he does walk inside there and there's those same intermittent flashes of light which really help build the tension because we know that he's not alone in there, but he doesn't quite know that yet. Yep. And after the third flash of light, 
Uh, one of the daughters appears behind him and stabs at him with a dagger, but he dodges her dagger, which clangs off the stone wall, illuminating their outlines in like a mm. bright white light, very similar to the fire arrow scene from last week. Yes. And this is the other scene I was talking about where throughout the scene, every time weapons clash, things get like lit up, like uh, yeah. kind of rim shaded. Uh, there's one instance where Jack's character model is entirely white. It's cool. It's a it's, good look. Yeah, it's very good. Um, the daughter... Uh, with a chain whip appears in the room and they both strike at Jack, but he dodges them and then runs out of the tunnel, Um, keeps running and reaches the room with the big vine, uh, leaps up to it, but a sword sticks out from the vine and he just narrowly avoids being completely gutted. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, one of the daughters bursts from the center of the vine and swipes with her twin swords and Jack avoids her and keeps running deeper into the temple. Um, reaches that flooded chamber and dives into the water. Uh, and at the end of the flooded tunnel, he sees the daughter approaching with her spear. She's kicking her little feet and moving very slowly in like a very funny, non-imposing visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also couldn't stop thinking about how hard it would be to swing a fucking spear underwater. Yeah. Like the amount impossible. of resistance you would get on that blade it would be so ineffectual. Just think about, like, trying to, like, move your arm really fast in yeah. the water. Yeah, and she's uh, got this long fucking blade that's really far away from, like, her center mass, and it's a wide blade at the end, so it's mm-hmm. definitely pushing a lot of water. Maybe that explains why, like, she's not able to strike him, and neither <laughs> are the other characters that appear. Uh, but yeah, she stabs at him as two of the other daughters dive in the water behind Jack, and he bursts his way forward uh, all the way to the far wall of the chamber and then does like that Olympic swimmer push off the wall with his yeah. legs. You do like a flip in the water yep, and kick off. Which I would never be able to do. I'd probably sprain something. You didn't used to do that swimming in the pool as a kid? I think I probably tried to, uh, but if I did that now, I'm much bigger than I was as a kid and I would probably destroy like an above ground pool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want to do it in an above ground pool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll give it a shot next time I'm in the pool. I'm going to a lake later, and there's not really good walls to push off of a lake, but no, I'll see lakes, what I can do. Lakes have notoriously gradual edges. Um, I'll do it off of a boat. Does that sound like a really good idea? Mm, could probably be. good for the boat. Yeah, probably. Just tip everyone over. <laughs> you capsize the boat. I don't, know how, I don't know how strong your legs would have to be to tip the whole Wicked boat strong. over. Don't yeah. question me. I said earlier that I'm in peak <laughs> physical condition, and I'm sticking with that storyline. <laughs> Um, yeah, he pushes off the wall and swims back through that gauntlet and yeah, they swipe at him and he avoids all of their attacks. So yeah, I don't think attacking underwater is going to work for anybody. Um, yeah, he bursts out from the water back the way he came in and runs off again. He keeps running without like any idea where he's going and the floor crumbles beneath him and he falls down into another room. He gets up and he keeps running. The daughters find that hole and they jump down. Uh, and walk into this gigantic room, which is like an ancient warrior's tomb filled with sarcophaguses. Mm-hmm. Sarcophagi. Sarcophagies. Mm, none of these feel good no. off the tongue. I don't know what um, the plural of sarcophagus is. I'm going to go with sarcophaguses. Yeah. Because uh, like if I say sarcophagi, it makes me feel like I'm saying I'm a sarcophagi. Like, hey, check out this sarcophagi over this here. This fucking sarcophagi. <laughs> I'm walking here on sarcophagi. <laughs> um, that was 
really dumb. Uh, (laughs) The roots of the giant vines in this temple are like hanging above the room and are filled with thousands of little lights from fireflies that are in it. It's kind of a cool visual. Yeah. Yep. I really like the, this room. It's got this like, have we seen him yet? Am I spoiling anything? The guy sitting in the middle. Brendan, I sometimes I I give you a hard time for spoiling things that are in my notes, but like if it's in your heart, let, yeah. let it fly. Well, there's this like skeleton emperor kind of sitting in the middle on this big throne, uh, mm. and he's got a very cool design. He's got this giant battle axe leaning on him. Yeah, covered in like jewelry and fineries and like all of the wealth that they had accumulated in life. Yeah. A uh, very cool shot of like him just surround. He's in the center of the room, surrounded by like a field of these sarcophagies. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcophagies. Um, <laughs> Brendan, don't you even try to tell me that you didn't think Jack was going to be hiding in that skeleton somehow. Like they would walk up to it and surprise it's actually Jack. Uh, I didn't. I did. You liar. I did. Someone expect the skeleton to get up, though. Hey, <laughs> get out of my Swinging tomb. that axe around, yeah. Get out of my tomb, you ingrates. I'm trying to have my <laughs> eternal rest, see? <laughs> Not sure why they talk like that. I guess that's kind of what I think of skeleton voice. That's how skeletons talk, yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it because of Hades? I think it might be because of Hades. I feel like Hades wasn't even the first thing to do something like that. Skeletons no. kind of have to like, have like a funny accent. Like, <laughs> eh, I, I got no skin and no muscles. I'm just bones. Eh. <laughs> could be, could be. That's what skeletons do. Um, not this skeleton, though, so big letdown. The daughters enter the room as this very dramatic music starts playing. Uh, they're surveying the scene and, like, walking across the tops of the sarcophaguses. Uh, the camera zooms inside of one of them, and we can see Jack is hiding in there and clinging to a weapon as tightly as he can. Um, his glistening eyes are staring up at a firefly that is in the sarcophagus with him, providing, like, the last light of hope for him. It's another like symbolism thing here of like, will the lights finally go out on Samurai Jack? Oh yeah. Yep. Very deep. They're yeah. Trying to do lots of very deep things in this episode. And I'm trying to feel as smart as possible. (laughs) Um, The music continues to swell as the scene gets more and more dramatic as they sort of close in on his position. A drum set kicks in in the music, which is like really weird on this show. It's like these heavy pounding drums with like hi-hats and everything. It's like not anything we've ever heard before. They they switched it up from like the old jazzy kind of aesthetic they used to have for the music to this like kind of rock sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Something that would play in like a tense scene in like a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> this was well into the Marvel era. Oh, yeah, certainly. So like all dramatic music in like action oriented scenes are now drawn from the same source. Yeah. They all do the same stupid thing. Um, the daughters, yeah, they do finally zero in on his location and Jack's eyes go wide. He looks like he's on the verge of tears looking up as the firefly as his light slowly dims and goes completely black. And when that light fades, the music stops and the stone lid of the sarcophagus budges just slightly as the daughters all strike the sarcophagus in unison, but Jack like wildly hurls himself through the air with a sword in his hand, dodging that attack. Mm-hmm. Like he was ejected from it. Like I was expecting <laughs> to see like a little spring beneath him. Like boing, boing, boing. He had a button that he pressed. 
<laughs> it's a wacky sarcophagus. <laughs> Turns out this was never an actual temple. It was a, a haunted house. It was a, a prank store where you could buy lots of pranks and goose. <laughs> they also had a can with snakes in it, but it said it was nuts. Oh, my God. Gets That's ultimately how he escapes the situation is he um, offers them a stick of gum, but they go to pull it and it zaps their fingers. <laughs> yeah. Whatever gets the job done. Um, he lands with a thud as the daughters move into attack. Um, one of them knocks him away and sure enough, like shatters the last piece of chest armor that Jack had on him. So now he's just down to like rags. Mm-hmm. The chains whip around him and tie him to a sarcophagus and he lets out a mighty scream, but like the stone bursts from behind him and he's freed. Um, the daughter with the twin sword slices at him, cutting off his shirt, leaving him with just like a little tattered loincloth. Yep. This is how we know him. Mm-hmm. He's he's back. <laughs> this is the Jack from your youth, <laughs> except now wearing even less because, yeah, he's literally just got like a little scrap covering yeah. up his privates. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought uh, the, the scene, the way it was shot because he jumps away right right as his shirt is cut. Um, I thought he was naked for a moment. Almost. I was like, he's going to have to do the rest of this fight naked. Hey, this is Adult Swim, baby. We can show Jack's cheeks if we want to. Yeah, they could have. They, they <laughs> We want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's still eight episodes to go. You might see those cheeks. <laughs> um, he somersaults around the room as attacks just crash like all around him. Um, he leaps up to that raised platform in the middle and grabs that big ass battle axe, mm-hmm. which you hope there's going to be like a really cool fight sequence with that thing. But they instantly like pin it to the ground and shatter it, le- leaving just yeah. the handle. There's a really cool shot when he picks up the axe of one of the daughters of Aku uh, driving their sword through the back of the uh, mm. the throne. And it like pushes the skeleton away and like the head falls off backwards. And we're because, seeing ah. it like in profile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a really cool shot, like a desktop wallpaper kind of shit. Are you are you rocking that on your desktop right now? No, I've had the same SpongeBob dancing with a jellyfish background for years now. Mm-hmm. Good choice, good choice. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a folder of uh, Pokemon designs. They had like uh, some some deal with like a T shirt company a few years ago where they mm-hmm. had a design of all of the original 151 Pokemon, um, and somebody on Reddit turned it into a series of like high quality desktop backgrounds. Um, Are those so the ones where on it's like cycle. the minimalist ones where it's kind of like just the solid color with their faces and like defined yeah. features. Yeah. Some I've, of I them are like those. that. Some of them are a little more advanced than that, but that's basically kind of what it is. Yep. I used to use those. So now everyone at home can know, <laughs> can know sort yeah. of where the two of us are at uh, <laughs> on our technology. There is, <laughs> Oh, I have a reference that I'm going to make to something like this in, just a couple seconds, Brendan. Okay. Um, yes, he's got the shattered axe, and uh, in a cloud of dust, he leaps away and runs out of the room, and the daughters closely give chase after Jack, and Jack runs and twists and turns his way through the temple like a Windows 98 screensaver. Yeah, yep, yep. This is uh, this is the other instance of 3D that I was referencing yeah. earlier, where the... the- the labyrinth that he's running through is very clearly a bunch of 3D planes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works kind of well here, though. I like I like the shot from behind his back where he's like pumping his arms running through this hallway. They couldn't have done it another way unless we just had still shots from like corners of him running like a Resident Evil game or something. Something that they would have done in like or it did do in like Jack and the Labyrinth like that yeah. episode. Yeah, exactly. 
but now it's 2017 and we can have a cool Windows 98 screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> he turns a corner and one of the daughters is waiting for him with a sword. Um, she strikes and Jack blocks the attack with his axe handle and he manages to pin her hand to the wall. Uh, but with her other hand, she draws a dagger and readies it. And Jack headbutts her into the wall and her mask cracks slightly in the front. And Brendan, here we go. Mm-hmm. Big moment. Huge moment. Uh, a Samurai Jack first. That we know of. That we know of, yeah. <laughs> In a deft maneuver, Jack swipes the sword from her hand and slashes it across her neck. And gears and gizmos fly everywhere, and it turns out she was a robot the yeah, whole time. Oil sprays out dramatically. <laughs> And Jack says, not again. Just nuts and bolts, he says. (laughs) I will remind myself and it will always be true. (laughs) Uh, No, Brendan, that is not the case here. Uh, There's a big slurp as blood starts pouring out of her neck. And Jack's eyes go wide in horror as the figure of the daughter slumps down the wall, leaving a big red ass blood streak on the wall. Yeah, and pools under her on the ground. Yeah, just pouring everywhere out of the gaping wound in her neck. And uh, as she hits the floor, her mask finally fully part falls apart, revealing to Jack that he has taken an actual human life. Mm-hmm. On a young girl at that. Right, yeah. Um, although unclear how long it's been because we had like flash forwards and like the training sequence with them in like that's the cave true. and stuff they like could, that. They could so. be around his biological Presumably. age. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I thought. But um, still like to take a human life for the first time for Jack, like his eyes go wide and like he cannot believe what he's done after like the mantra he repeated him to himself earlier of just nuts and bolts. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe that like. For that to finally not be the case and for him to have done this is, like, going to scar him, I think. Yeah, 50 years of not having to worry about the morality of killing things to suddenly be confronted with it. There's no going back from this one. Nope. Um, yeah, he's horrified, but grimaces in pain as he looks down and sees that uh, her dagger is stuck in his torso and he's starting to lose, like, a lot of blood. Yep. Um And we've only ever seen him before on, like, the classic Samurai Jack with, like, little red scratches on his body sometimes, which is, like, implying blood. At most, we've seen, like, a couple drops, like, in the Momotaro episode. There were a few drops of blood, but... Right. No, Nothing nothing like this. (laughs) This is, yeah, leaking from his body. Brendan, it's it's adult swim, baby. We can do this Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not as gratuitous as they could have got. It's still no tastefully done. It's not like yeah. gore and viscera. They wouldn't have gore fest on Samurai Jack. Like they wouldn't yeah. go in that direction. <laughs> but I mean, if he's going to kill people, people are going to get hurt. People are going to get hurt. You know? Yeah. The stakes are are real now. This is like the first instance so far in since it's come back that we we actually have like mm-hmm. a sense of the stakes. Like, oh no, pe- people die now. Like, yeah. This this can really happen. He looks down at the lifeless face below him, uh, but sees that Scaramouche's dagger is uh, strung across her back. And he looks down at the tunnel that he's in. And on one side of the tunnel is darkness and danger, the the approaching footsteps 
of the remaining daughters of Aku. But at the other end of the tunnel is daylight and the outside. Um, and he grabs that dagger and splits it into the tuning fork shape. And he's trying to walk towards that exit on one end of the tunnel, but he's like stumbling his way, has to like drag himself along the wall, which leaves a big bloody streak behind him. Yeah, it seems. And then there is one point where it kind of feels intentional, like that he's leaving blood on the walls because he takes he like steps away from the wall, takes his hand off the wound and like rubs it on the wall. Yeah, like he's like he's leaving a trail for them to follow. Yeah, like leaving them, leading them into the trap that he's springing. That he's saying, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Um, he, yeah, he clangs that dagger against the stone walls as he goes and like that metallic whine starts to ring out mm-hmm. again. Um, which is another thing that Scaramouche did last week. He like hit a pillar and then the pillar exploded. So it's like yep. specifically just like whatever this thing strikes is what will explode. Yeah, the, whatever he, he hits it with starts to resonate with it until it uh, just completely destroys itself. Right, right. Um, he reaches the end of the tunnel and looks down at a raging river beneath him. And those footsteps behind him get closer and closer as the daughters are catching up. And Jack faints and falls into the river below as the walls of the tunnel explode and the tunnel like completely collapses. Mm-hmm. Um, unclear if any of the daughters were caught in that collapse. Um, but he's at least bought himself some time here. Yeah, he's sealed that exit. But he crashes down into that river below, and uh, the floating he's he's floating down the river with like a big trail of blood left behind him. Um, this is like the most dire situation physically he's ever been in on the yep. show. Um, and it quickly cuts from this back to those alien tigers that we saw earlier on, which have been brutally slain lying on the ground covered in their own nasty green blood. Mm-hmm. But also we can see that their claws and their jaws. Hey, that rhymes. Hey, you need to do that. What about it? Uh, they're coated in red blood and the camera pans over to the white wolf, which is lying seemingly dead. Um, although in my mind, I would like to hope that it just fainted like Jack did. That it's just dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. <laughs> The white wolf laying dead in a pool of its own blood, its body covered in these bloody scars, and its eyes are just completely black and empty, mm-hmm. um, leading us to wonder if this is, is, as it is the end of the lone wolf, is it also the end of the lone wolf known as Samurai Jack? <sighs> Could be. Hard to say if it's the end for him, but easy to say that it's the end of the episode. Yeah, what a way to end the episode. Brendan, I, I, I wonder if you feel the same way I do about this episode. I thought this episode was really fantastic. Yeah, uh, I like this one a lot better than the previous one. Uh, the other one, the last one was cool too, but it was a lot of establishing, like what has happened, uh, where Jack's at mentally. Uh, getting two of those shots in the last one of him dealing with his inner turmoil in a row was kind of obnoxious. Uh, they mm-hmm. did a lot better job with it this time. Uh, the comparison Even with just the one scene too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's all you really need. You could do one per episode, and then if you want to, if you want to exactly. keep having them, you could do it once an episode. Uh, the comparison between that and Aku that you had brought up is very cool. Like they're mm-hmm. both kind of going through the same type of thing, but Jack, it's hitting Jack a lot harder, obviously. 
Uh, the action scenes in this were a lot better than any action scenes in the show so far, I would say. I would agree. They do a lot of cool things with the camera work where like in the mausoleum fight, um, the camera would always kind of have the striking weapon in the center of the screen and the camera right. would swing around to whatever was going on with that. But like the the weapon will be fixed. Uh, very cool stuff that, that even that 3D scene, like I said, worked well. I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, the little hide and seek game they played was pretty fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Jack got a kill, um, which <laughs> yes. does a couple things. It it kind of removes Jack got Jack. a kill. His yeah. KD ratio His KD finally went up. Went up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's one and oh. <laughs> uh, which which does a couple things. One, it, it removes Jack's like innocence in a way. And right. two, it shows that these these uh, assailants, the, the daughters of Aku, don't work as well on their own because mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he would have killed her if the other ones were around because every time he'd fought one to this point, other ones were there. Right. Um, so it, it kind of also gives like the viewer like, a, ah, he can, he does have something he can do, but it's not easy. Uh, and he took critical damage doing it. Right. Uh, I'm, it's very interesting. I'm interested to see like, cause now they, they have to like, they can't just do what they would have done before and just like, play it off like it's weeks later and he's healed now he's fine the the next episode has to start i imagine with him floating down this fucking river still bleeding out right it has to address like these very serious wounds that he's taken for, yeah like, the first time ever on this show yeah you're absolutely right about that um yeah i i think everything you just said is like kind of exactly how i feel about this brendan like the Stakes are now like very real for him. It seems in a way that it's never been. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, yeah, he's finally crossed that line of like taking an actual human life, something that he's never at least knowingly done before. Mm -hmm. You know, we could talk about the, the gentleman. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's, you know, not given any weight. Uh, no, No moment has ever been given more weight than like Jack killing this daughter of Aku and like knowing that he's done it and like knowing that there's no going back for him now. Like yeah. Now he's, he's done this like unforgivable act, um, you know, in self-defense too. It's like the way of the samurai. They got to do what they got to do. Yeah. Like, and I'm interested to see how it plays going forward when he faces them again. Like, is he going to hesitate now that he knows they're not just robots? Like, right. Is that going to become the struggle with, with trying to defend himself? Will this push them further to like attack Jack Harder? Cause now mm. he's like taken out one of their own, but also like their kind of whole thing is like there's no place for the weak. So like mm. maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how, yeah, the, the future confrontations between Jack and, and these, these daughters of Aku will go after he's now finally like, yeah, crossed this one uncrossable line for him. Like yep. it's, it's, it's like, I, I don't think Jack never would be willing to kill anyone because, like, he's defeated all these robots in sometimes, like, very gory, horrific fashion. Yeah. But, like, he he's never had to face that. Mm-hmm. And now he does. Um, so that was – it's a really intense thing for him. It's, it's – it's, this whole episode is filled with lots of intense moments. Um, the whole conversation with himself. Yeah. Like, in the very dark place that he was in. Like, that's, like, one of, like, the toughest scenes that we've ever had to watch on this show, just because, like, the actual things that he's suggesting to himself. Yeah, the like, content of the conversation. Like, it's it's hard to 
it's hard to watch this character that we love that again, like you said at the time, like he's been in so many silly situations like, oh, Jack and like Jack is naked wearing like the Alice in Wonderland dress and like acting on a stage like he's been in like fun, goofy things like that. And even with like all the intense battles he's been in, we know that like he's a very intense, serious guy at times. But like for him to have this kind of conversation with himself is like really hard for us to have to stop. Yeah, for him to have fallen to such a like a dark place. Right. And and I think the whole chase sequence in the temple uh, is like some of the most tension, like the biggest tension that we've ever had on this show. Like knowing that all these attackers are like laying in wait in the shadows in the temple and Jack like not really knowing what he's walking into. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really cool scenes too. I think they're like really well framed. And then like each of the individual skirmishes I thought were pretty cool too. So. Yeah. I did think though that they would, they would play around a bit more with all of them looking exactly the same i thought there would be some sort of like jack thinking he's only fighting one uh but they they kind of didn't play with that it seemed like they were setting that up last week when they said seven seven uh, lives with one face mm-hmm. like that that kind of quote i thought that would become more of a thing um now it's only six yeah now it's only six um not ashi though we know nope. from the hair yeah ashi's still around <laughs> We don't know which one she was in this episode. We're not sure what her weapon of choice is. Yeah, that's true. We don't. I wonder. I wonder which one it is. She's the only one we know. So this one that is dead, you might as well. It's it's okay. We we, we don't have to worry about her anymore. Nameless daughter of Aku number one. Off the board. <laughs> um, Yeah, this is a really, really great episode, I think. And, and like does kind of the first episode kind of like set the bit of a darker tone for the new Samurai Jack season overall, but this kind of pushes it into those levels where like, oh, we're actually like, not only do we, is like the tone kind of dark, but like, we're going to show you things on this show that are truly like dark, scary, troubling things. Yeah. Like we never would have done in the past. Yeah. The first episode kind of undercut itself with Scaramouche. Like it sets up the dark tone and then has this really wacky. Right. Boss fight. Like, uh, so you're like, oh, it's still it's still going to be like a silly kind of thing all the time. Uh, but this one, no, this one did not do any of that. Except no, I get it. it oh, I'm sorry. I guess it did. It opened with Aku being wacky and silly. But from right. that point, it it was very like grim, dark, serious the whole time. There's no room for jokes when it comes to the daughters of Aku. Yeah, yeah. They're pure business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Really, like really intense stuff. This oh, yeah. Time around. I'm very excited to see uh, how that continues to build and like where we go from yeah. from here. And I guess, Brendan, we're technically at the end of your Samurai Jack season five viewing. So yep. it's all new yeah. to you from here the last forward. thing I remember is Jack falling into the river. You remember him killing a person and then I do falling yep. away. I remember that. Yep. I, th- I But I thought it was the first episode that, that happened in. <laughs> but I must have watched them both at the same time. So perhaps my. Uh, Brendan's best bets quiz was rigged from the start. It was. I didn't want to tell you. That's okay. Thank you for at least letting me live out that fantasy. Uh, there are still some questions in there yet to be answered, and I'm not going to give you a single there hint. Are, uh, the fucking thumbnails on HBO spoiled one of them, though. God damn it. Yeah. I know. I know of a certain returning character. <sighs> well. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. I just um, got to stop watching it on HBO and use my Blu-ray instead. You've got the Blu-rays, Brendan. Don't do this to yourself. It's just so easy to do it on HBO. <laughs> I know. I don't blame you. 
it's not as big a deal for me because I know how it all ends. So I see those thumbnails coming up and I get to go, oh, that episode. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's all all fresh for you. Probably fresh for a lot of people listening to the show, too. So I hope everyone is excited for the ride uh, that comes forward with Samurai Jack season five. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the end of this episode. Episode 93. Thumbs up all around from the posts yeah. of this show. Really good. Uh, they're doing a great job with bringing the show back in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, high stakes, high intense action. Uh, good stuff so far. Mm-hmm. Brendan, speaking of good stuff, we've got an email this week. Email. Ba-da-ba-da-ba, emails. Ba-da-ba-da-ba, emails. The special season ba-da-ba-ba, five version of email. the email song. <laughs> Uh, this email's from Mark. Hello, says Mark. Long time listening, first time email, long time first time. Thank you, Mark. So good to hear from you. Thank you, Mark. I uh, love your podcast. I listen to it when working, and it's fantastic. Um, thank you. Uh, thank I you. also listen to a lot of podcasts while I work. Hope you don't listen to ours while we work. Uh, while I, work. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I you do. You fool. Uh, not as much anymore. I did a lot more when we first started. <laughs> I get it. I know. Now we're <laughs> now we're jaded. Yeah, now I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. I, I, he goes on to say, I especially loves Nick. I uh, I especially love Nick's opening puns. Very funny stuff, sir. Uh, I Oof. also like that. I will generally listen to the opening because I don't get to hear that. Nick records that uh, apart from our recording sessions. So those are usually fresh for me, too. I agonize over those puns. Sometimes <laughs> I have to write like lists of words related to the topic that I want to write the puns on. And like, where do these fit in? Like, <laughs> the one I could specifically think of is Jack, young Jack in Africa. I wrote down like 20 different animal names and like, how can I make these into something? <laughs> Uh, well, I and I don't it, think they ever come out well, so. <laughs> I think they work, uh, and Mark apparently agrees. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. <laughs> Continuing on, Mark says, now to my point, please consider recapping Gendy Tartakovsky's Symbionic Titan next. Mm. Uh, it is amazing, and I, in my opinion, uh, as good as Avatar The Last Airbender. And then in parentheses, sorry, Brendan. Um, so Symbionic Titan is the one we keep mentioning and going, yeah, that sounds familiar. It's the one we know nothing about. Nothing about. about. Uh, so maybe we should take a look at it. I think we said maybe last week that we would consider, uh, giving it some time. I did a little research into this. Um, also, (laughs) I think we've mentioned that show on our podcast twice and both Mm -hmm. times. I think I called it Symbiotic Titan, which is not the name of the show. Oh, I think you might have. Yeah. I didn't it's even symbionic symbionic. Yep. Mark has it properly here. Um, I did a little research into this and yeah, sure enough, it did only run for like six months. Um, and I think I mentioned this the first time I brought it up, like they seemingly canceled it because it wasn't marketable enough and they couldn't make like toys out of it, which I mm-hmm. think is a really bizarre reason to cancel a show. Yeah. Well, um, you know how capitalism is. Hey, that's that great nation we're living in, baby. Um, <laughs> The uh, it, it it seems to be and I could be getting this totally wrong and I'm sorry to Mark specifically, but I think it's about like an alien uh, boy and girl who arrive on Earth with their robotic companion and then have to like fit into society. But also, I think like fight crime or something. I don't I don't. That's kind of really fun. Know. So it's like a fish out of water kind of. Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe not we'll... fighting crime. <laughs> that would be kind of a weird. Just fighting other aliens that chase them to the planet or something like that, probably. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but if it's as good as Avatar, uh, it probably fucking sucks. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> it's like the highest possible praise for me to say that it's as good as Avatar. I'm like, oh, maybe I should really give this a shot as it's, <laughs> if it's that good. And then for you, it's like the most damning, yeah. damning statement you can make about something like this. Like, no, well, now I certainly never will. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not interested at all. You talked me out of it, sir. <laughs> well, I'm I'm now talked into it. The only problem I have with this uh, because I would, just like you said, Brendan, I would be interested in checking out Symbionic Titan to some extent. Um, it's not streaming anywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, is, can you can you purchase it? It looks like you can buy it on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Remember iTunes? No, I do. I mean, I do, but I didn't think that was still a thing. <laughs> Uh, it's still around, and it's got Symbionic Titan, I guess. Um, so I, that's like kind of a hard sell for me, but I maybe I will do it. Maybe I don't know. We should figure out something to do with this show. Yeah, we we should. Fi- we'll we'll have to look into ways to do something with it. It doesn't look like you can even buy it on DVD. No, there's no DVDs. Uh, it's not streaming. You can't buy it on like Amazon Prime Video. Which would be much easier, I think, for both of us. Yeah, it would be. Um, so it's it's just kind of a hard thing to like actually physically watch, unless we resort to uh, other things that you can do. Yeah, unless we internet. unless we take to the seas. <laughs> unless yes, we set sail to uh, streaming glory and find <laughs> riches abound. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, definitely something that. I think both of us have some interest in checking out, if only for the fact that it's like another show from Gendy Tartakovsky. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, we love so many other things he's been involved with. So, like, this has a lot of promise. Um, I guess all that is to say, Mark, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. Yeah. Yep. If we can do it, we'll do it. If not, we'll never mention it again. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. Anytime we do mention it, we're completely talking out of our asses. <laughs> Uh, but if it's as good as, as Mark as it made it out to be, like I, I would really be interested in at least like finding a way to check mm. out this show for sure. Yep. Uh, Mark signs off. Anyway, thanks for the great work, Mark. Uh, thank you, Mark, for the email. Uh, thank you. And the recommendation. Uh, we love hearing from our listeners. So if anyone out there like Mark has been listening for a long time and has anything they'd like to share or recommend uh, or anything else they want to give us. Uh, you can do that at gotta recap at gmail.com or on our social medias at gotta recap. Oh, keep going, keep going. Or on our YouTube, which I believe is gotta recap, YouTube slash gotta recap. I don't know if it works oh, that I way. I have idea. I have no idea how YouTube <laughs> works. You'll I find it. I don't fucking know. But we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all the, the good places. Nice job. Keep going. Uh, what more is there? Uh, Tell your friends the reviews. Oh, yeah. Leave a review. Uh, Give us five star. Leave us a review. That really helps. Where? Where do you do that? You can do that on Apple Podcasts or any podcasting thing. Spotify recently added that as well. You can do it there. Uh, I think you could even do it on our hosting website, podbean.com. You can go to you can go to gotarecap.com to find that. Give us a like there. I'm not really sure how that works either. (laughs) I'm not. I don't don't know. Uh, Anywhere. Just Google got a recap. You'll find us. Ooh. Probably, Brendan. You did a you did a great job. I did it. I I took it from you that week and ran with it. You went through every 
agenda item. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you nailed them. Very well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've been I've been learning over the past year. <laughs> I appreciate you taking that weight off of my shoulders. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you one more time, Brendan. Do you want to give us a, a clumsy transition to the outro of our show? All this right. is my greatest fear every time we record. All right. Well, in this episode has been full of battles uh, and it has tired me out. So I'm going to go collapse into a river. Mm, that was about as good as I usually do. So <laughs> very well done. Uh, everyone, please send in your praise for Brendan's uh, work here at the end of the show. <laughs> Got to recap at gmail.com, as he mentioned. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. We'll uh, catch you next week for episode 94. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.